0: Them Ropes, Jeff Hawkins here, starting off this episode with a philosophical question for those of you who regularly listen. Would you rather have a pay-per-view with one great match and at least one disastrous match, or would you have a pay-per-view full of pretty good to not bad stuff all the way through? I guess it's up to personal taste. I liked Stomping Grounds, didn't love it. Nothing really moved my needle, but it was inoffensive. An and I think for the low bar, a lot of people said for WWE that's enough. Um, some of the matches were quite good. Ricochet, Samoa Joe. I thought the uh, cruiserweight match was a hell of a start to this thing. Did a lot of things it wanted to accomplish. It furthered some storylines. Made some people, I think. I think uh, I think it really cemented Otis Dozovich as a guy that It's going to become a fan favorite if he's not already. I think Tucker Knight, or they're only known as Otis and Tucker now because you got to take last names away from it. I I think Tucker is sneaky good for his abilities and his athleticism is very underrated in a world where Otis's gyrations are getting him over. Because in that match, I thought Tucker was spectacular. I thought uh, I thought he did a lot of good. I thought they 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 were kind of moving uphill because Daniel Bryan's hometown. You have to uh, you know, kind of have to play heel in that case, and they kind of did. They kind of they kind of played heels while still maintaining a little bit of babyface fire in there. But overall, I thought it was a pretty strong tag team match for what wwe accomplishes you always have to add that kind of qualifier to it because you know wwe has a certain pattern to what they like in their tag team matches i was pleasantly surprised bailey did not lose to alexa bliss i thought for certain that was going to happen especially with the 365 uh airing right after the show and if you have not seen the 365 i do recommend it um I am, I have been critical of Alexa Bliss, his matches, but as a personality, I've always been high on her, and here, it's weird because she is such a nasty heel, and she is the most likable person in the world on, on this show, and her mom's a sweetheart too. I mean, she is, I mean, she is, <laughs> she's great. I mean, she does. She's humble. She goes back and visits her hometown, which I like. I always like small town America, and I always think you know, it's always cool to you know to not lose touch with those people. She she just comes off as cool, and and uh, it's well worth the watch. I think she's gone through a lot of things in her life in dealing with her own insecurities, as many performers do. And She's fought through them. She's fought through physical setbacks. I mean, it's a compelling story. Old school Jeff doesn't want to see compelling stories when you're a heel. I want to hate you. I don't want this necessarily. I want you to be the person on TV. Kind of, I guess. I mean, this is the this is the world we we live in. You know, social. I, it sounds like I'm getting a little too Wade Kellerish, so to speak, in terms of I don't want to see. Your Instagram photos with people you're feuding with kind of thing. I, I get that. It's 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 a generational discrepancy. I know a lot of the younger people don't mind, so I, I don't mind it that much. It's great television. They do. The one thing that annoyed me was, was the advertising for it is a little... It's misleading because they clip a part where she's talking about her friend with a brain tumor to make it seem like she's talking about her own career. And that's... You don't need to do that shady stuff, guys. You got me. I'll watch. Okay? I don't need... I don't need to be roped in with a hook. I really don't. Uh, Roman and Drew McIntyre was pretty good. Uh, (laughs) Shane McMahon is the heel that will never die, as we saw on Monday. And Tuesday. Uh, And, you know, the, the... the Seth Rowan, or actually, let me go back a bit. Uh, Becky Lynch versus Lacey Evans. Some miscommunication there. You know, I'd I'd like Lacey to improve a little bit in terms of her chemistry with Becky. Maybe she just doesn't have any chemistry with Becky. But I mean, it's it's feast or famine with people that you bring up when they haven't headlined a even a an NXT takeover on the main card. She's done dark matches on her. Her matches taped for TV the next week. But she was doing it with Kyrie Sane. I mean, it's not that hard to do <laughs> matches with one of the better wrestlers in the world. I just, you know, I... I'm rooting for Lacey. I just, I think the gimmick is kind of hampering her a bit as opposed to helping her. But maybe I'm wrong on that. Because she's definitely a character, but it's such a overwhelmingly... Uh, how how do I put this? It's an anachronistic character. It's something that would have worked in 1985, as opposed to 2015 or 2019, so so to speak. I, I have those are my concerns with it. Plus, plus I think you're trying to establish her as su- such a horrible heel, which almost has go away heat. I don't know if once you turn her baby face, which is my natural inclination, with someone with a military background and a story as such that you can get the crowd behind her becomes an X-Pac type of thing. You know, once he once he was... Uh, once he was no longer 1-2-3-Kid, it was very hard for him to get cheered, I think. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defeated The New Day. They use a lot of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn across these three shows. I like it. I'm always happy to see them. I just... I worry a little bit that uh that you can't heat them up above a certain level if you use them this much if that makes sense and i've been saying if that makes sense a lot so i know i'm saying it and i will do my best to not uh not say it anymore stop saying those things okay fine and uh seth rollins defeated baron corbin uh lacy evans the special guest referee thought that was kind of clever um you know, it it's what the, these types of matches are. You know, the heel ref doesn't count for the baby face until someone comes in and, you know, I, either the heel ref gets knocked out and you you lift it for the one, two, three, or somebody comes in to really, you know, equal the odds, so to speak, against the baby face. Perfectly fine. Perfectly inoffensive. Pay, pay-per-view all three hours. Or two hours and 40 whatever minutes it was. It was, uh, you know, it was fun. I didn't feel like my time was wasted. But nothing you know, I rave about either. Because it all seems like a setup now for Extreme Rules, which we'll go into. Those of you who watch the television product regularly may notice that, uh... How do I put this? The formatting is a little weird this week and next week. Well, that's on purpose. Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn have found out that, uh... During timeouts and things on football games, um, they don't actually play. And that's when the commercials run. So now there's a new edict from WWE that during commercial breaks, there will be no wrestling. Which is going to make it very interesting for the live crowd. Because generally, and we've seen this, you know, a guy does a dive and it's, we'll be right back. Or a guy grabs a headlock and they go to commercial. And the guy stays in the headlock. Until, you know, until they come back and then they start wrestling again. Well, this is the reason for the number of two out of three fall matches, the reason for the resets and the additional matches as they start. Now, for a live event, this is difficult because you have to time these things out. Because even though it is a live, quote unquote, sports broadcast, it does not get to adhere to the rules of sports broadcasting, which has natural timeouts and natural things. It has to adhere to the rules of scripted television, which has certain blocks of time attributed for ad revenue, and you get to sell those times based on the positioning of where where that break happens. So, what we're going to get is a lot of these kind of convoluted reasons to have to do resets. If you tape a wrestling show, you can edit it to fit the ad breaks. But being live television, you're in a much more difficult position. Now for me, I would find a way to restructure the entire show. I think this makes a perfect time to figure out how to do a show that fits into the parameters of what you want to do. This feels like square peg round hole, and we're just gonna beat it through until we find a way. You know, to have ads, and you know, it's probably gonna result in a little bit of attitude era style matches in terms of Very short, very quick matches, you know, where guys get beat fairly quickly, so you're going to be burning through a lot more talent, I think. You're going to be getting a lot more of these convoluted, oh, now this has been turned into an eight-man, ring the bell, now this has been turned into a two-out-of-three-falls match type of thing, so that they have those places where they can freeze the action, play commercials in the arena, probably, because that's what they do, like... If they go to a commercial when somebody's coming out for an entrance, the music doesn't play throughout the entire break, as as it seems on TV. Just in case you all don't know this. Maybe you don't. Maybe you've never been to a live WWE event. The person comes out, their music plays, arena goes dark, they play commercials on the Jumbotron, or the Titantron, and then they bring the lights back up, they start the music again, as if nothing's happened, and they just go on with the show so i i think you know the the days of the 20 minute interview and the match and things like that something needs to be shaken up in there in order to fit this new paradigm that they want to go into i'm you know it 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 was wasn't as jarring on raw as it was on smackdown i think but two days in a row of it you start to notice it and it starts to get a little bit uh you know you, you Once you've seen the pattern, you see the pattern kind of thing. News on the personnel front, both Jinder Mahal and Mojo Raleigh have re-signed with the WWE. I think it's probably good moves for both of them. Probably not going to be able to make a lot of money out there on the indies, although... Mojo's a guy I could see somebody like AEW taking a chance on. He is naturally gifted athletically. And he's just waiting for someone to take the shackles off that dude. But it goes into another conversation this week on Wrestling Twitter. Seth Rollins tweeting, love for the WWE, best wrestling on the planet. People not in WWE, maybe some former WWE people taking uh taking Umbrage at that. Will Ospreay, Chris Jericho, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. I don't fault Seth Rollins for that. Do you? Seth Rollins is uh well, number one, he's not factually wrong. If you took the best workers in WWE, you have the best wrestling show and best wrestling promotion on the planet, bar none. Just by sheer numbers. Do they have guys who aren't very good? Do they have guys who are kind of middle of the road? Sure. Is the booking the best? No. Is the match agenting what it could be to get optimum matches out of every guy, every show? No. But it's not supposed to be like that. You're supposed to build to the main event. You're not supposed to have great matches all the way through, necessarily. But I have no problem with Seth Rollins saying that uh, he thinks WWE is the best wrestling on the planet. 205 is spectacular. It's just not a WWE-centric show, so to speak, in terms of audiences view small guys because they've been conditioned for so long to be lesser than bigger guys. That's WWE's fault. That's not the guy's fault. It's not like AEW has a top to bottom perfect roster it's not like new japan knocks every show and every match out of the park just their highs are higher and their lows usually aren't as low depending on what your criteria is i don't count toru yano because toru yano is a saint and anyone who says differently is just wrong factually science I mean, New Japan, you know, no more than two or three years ago was booking Big Daddy Yum Yum in matches. You know, they have clunkers. Big Luck or Bad Luck Fale isn't exactly moving my needle. And he's in the G1. Now, he's a guy who used to have a lot of potential. People would say things, man, for a big man, that was a great match. But now, not so much. I mean, you you do get plotting matches in New Japan. Don't tell me that every match is a superstar. It's just the highs are a lot higher, usually, than the WWE. And, you know, to be honest, I think Seth Rollins is a better storyteller than Will Ospreay. I'm not saying he's a better wrestler. I'm not saying he's not a better gymnast. I'm not saying he doesn't do as many great height spots as Will Ospreay. I think Seth Rollins deserves a little bit of credit for what he does. It's uh, it's interesting, though, because people always ask, you know, is Seth being a company guy? Is Seth, you know, putting forward these, these talking points? Because I guess he went on was it Sports Illustrated's podcast and did some talking about Moxley and used some terminology that sounded like it was fed to him a bit. Uh, Moxley was creatively unhappy. He wants to go around and have great matches. Not everybody does. People who have, there are people in WWE perfectly happy with not being used to their full potential. I'll give you an example. Shinsuke Nakamura is living the dream. He busted his ass in Japan for decades doing your four and five star matches. Okay, nobody can deny that. Now he gets to travel America and travel the world. Usually in first class, I believe. Gets to surf two days a week and gets to make oodles and oodles and oodles of money. That, for some people, is the dream. I've always said my dream is to be bought out. To be signed to a big contract, and then about a year in, people go, whatever it is you bring, we don't want any of that anymore. How much would it take for you to go away? That's Oh, I desperately want to be bought out. I desperately, every time I hear about that in sports, I'm like, that's what I want. I want someone to pay me to go away. Patreon.com slash them ropes. Maybe I'll take that money for once. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't, you know, I don't, I don't deny either viewpoint. You can go in and say, hey, I want to have the best matches anywhere and I want to build my career on this legacy of strong matches where I almost kill myself night after night. I don't mind that. But I'm also not going to crap on the guy who just wants to half-ass it and make a lot of money by conning people out of cash. <laughs> you know? It's, it's weird. It's such a... you just going to have to take it on a case-by-case basis, because so many people... It's like, for example, we're having this debate now... um on the figure four wrestling board about the WWE and everybody's like talking about the ratings and the down, you know, the shrinking ratings and, and the crowd sizes at raws and SmackDowns. And, you know, they, they're trying to, they're trying to talk themselves that the product was so great, like during the attitude era. And if you watch it, you know, the highs were great. The characters were very, were a lot stronger, but it wasn't, consistently great if you watch it i think people have talked themselves into thinking that wwe has wanted a great wrestling company and they always put that standard out there when they don't they just they wanted they don't want wrestling you know vince always derisively refers to that southern wrestling stuff they want this kind of spectacle, big personality, variety show with wrestling involved in it, but they never really cared about the pure wrestling fan. They 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 want something easily accessible to families. And if you're a first-time viewer where you get everything, that's why they kind of cater it to uh, over-explanation from time to time. But, I mean, if you're a guy like... Seth Rollins, or if you're a guy like, you know, who's, who's made the rounds here and there, you know, him, maybe Finn Balor, who's 37, 38. Most of the women like Bailey or even Sasha, you're not going to get a better deal than the WWE because you've been to other places. You've struggled on the indies. And on the flip side, if WWE is all you know, you may not get feel any better about it because all you've learned is their system. You haven't really learned. You haven't had to struggle. You haven't had to grind. You know, some people love the grind. Moxley is a guy to me that seems like he loves the grind. You, know, you you see this in comedy all the time, you know. You just, you know, maybe you had a sitcom and it lasted two episodes and now you got to go back to the clubs. On reputation when everything's been catered to you beforehand. And it's like, I thought it was going to be easy street and now i got to struggle again and I don't want that. So a lot of people just quit comedy. You know. Look at Ryback. What's he doing these days? He went and did other things. He'll, he'll wrestle the occasional Northeast Indy. But for the most part, that's not a guy that's in love with the grind, necessarily. It's a guy that's in it for the money. And there's nothing wrong with that. I do not knock the hustle. But you see, when when people go, well, why would that guy sign here for that much money, or for that time when he's not being used properly, or whatever, why would he do that? It's the known versus the unknown. You know what you're getting with WWE, and even if they don't like you necessarily, creatively, to be a top guy. But you know what you're getting into. You're getting lots of frequent flyer miles, pretty good catering, you get to travel the world, you have a steady income, if you get injured, they'll take care of you. If you're living the artist's life, you don't have those safety nets, but a guy like Moxley doesn't need them because he has enough money to subsidize his dreams. See? And there is the conundrum of which we speak. Big news coming out of the two main shows from Monday and Tuesday, I think, is that The Undertaker appeared in Everett, Washington. Now, (laughs) you may not have known it was Everett, Washington, because they said it was the state of Washington. Because they don't consider Everett a big enough city, and WWE being what it is, never mentioned the name. Which is funny to me that then they would bring back the Undertaker to make an appearance in this town. He had told me he was going to make an appearance. I said, okay, maybe Portland. You know. Maybe wherever the next big city is then they'd do it because then it would get you know, you know, it would really get there. But the Undertaker pushing 50, maybe a little bit over I think or is he pushing 60? I can't even remember anymore. Comes back Choke-slam Shane McMahon, Super Shane, doing the coast-to-coast. Biggest heel in the company, guys, Shane McMahon. Super Shane. Beating up everybody. (laughs) But it looks like he and Roman Reigns are going to be in a tag team against Drew McIntyre and Shane McMahon at Extreme Rules. I would not be shocked if Goldberg was added to this match. And they put a stipulation, and then... They can use all the smoke and mirrors. Because Undertaker was not happy with his match at Saudi Arabia. Goldberg wasn't happy with the match at Saudi Arabia. I don't think there's personal animus between the two over the poor performance, but I could be wrong on that. I got your story for you. Shane McMahon, former owner of WCW. Goldberg, WCW. Why? Because they love playing that card. They love playing the... Playing the WCW card because it means The Undertaker and Roman Reigns are going to get a win representing the WWF and they are the superior product. Et etc, etc. Et but, for extreme rules, you may get a street fight. They don't have to necessarily do all the wacky choreography and lifting and stuff. They can just hit people with things. I'm down with that. I'm down with old guys beating each other up. Cool with that. Keeps Roman semi-hot while you figure out how to somehow get him back in the world title picture, which they're obviously gonna do. Maybe it finds a way to write off Shane McMahon as well. I wouldn't mind that at this point because I think he is just overexposed. And I like Shane McMahon a lot. But do we need to see his feats of strength every show? Well, that's what the people came to see! No, no, it's not. It really isn't. It really is not. <laughs> but it was an impressive entrance. Shocked the hell out of me when I saw it. He told me Undertaker was going to be in Everett, Washington, I would have called you a fool. Maybe it's an all-hands-on-deck situation, maybe not. Maybe it's Vince McMahon knowing that he needs to start improving the quality of this show. In his own way, not in the way we want it necessarily. Because look, for all you say that's bad about the WWE, the wrestling has improved on these shows. Storylines, not so much. But the wrestling has improved. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were great on both shows, both tonight and last night. Ricochet and AJ Styles looked to be doing something. That was pretty darn good. The 8-person tag on Raw the elimination tag match was pretty damn enter- entertaining as well. So it looks like looks like at least the revival has something to do. I'm happy about that. But overall the wrestling product this week there's there's nothing really to complain too hard about. Sure Nikki Cross beat Bailey, but it enhances a story. Even though you haven't built up Bailey as a champ. Sonya and Ember have a nice little feud going there. We have a a lot of nice little feuds and we have the major feuds of which we're going to concentrate on. The AJ Styles ricochet thing. Looking forward to see where it goes. Looking forward also to seeing the reborn uh, good brothers. Maybe they get a bit of an edge to them. Maybe this is leading somewhere. Maybe this is leading to the club. Because they've been advertised for that Tokyo house show teaming with Triple H. But, you know, the product itself, in-ring, isn't too bad. The builds, on the other hand, are going to be rushed as hell. Nakamura appeared, and looks like he's going to be the next uh, contender for Finn Balor's Intercontinental Champion, if you remember that he's the Intercontinental Champion. Down with that. Don't expect the great match that everybody wants from New Japan. It's just not who they are anymore. Samoa Joe and Kofi Kingston. Interesting. Um, I was expecting a little bit of Samoa Joe interference uh, to take out Dolph Ziggler once and for all. Didn't get it, but uh, I like I think that we've written off Dolph Ziggler for now, and he can go back to touring on comedy. And Samoa Joe and Kofi Kingston should be a fun feud because Samoa Joe can talk and Samoa Joe can make that stuff sparkle. And the New Day reacting to him should be pretty darn good too. I'm looking forward to that. Looks like we may have a few tensions in the New Day as well. So I'm I'm good with this. Something to watch out for and something to keep in mind. Uh, Might be something, might be nothing. If if those of you who follow things like the Chris Jericho Cruise, if you take a look at uh, the people that are booked on there, uh, one of the comedians on there is Sarah, I believe it's Tiana is how you say the last name, or Tana. I can't remember. But um, of particular interest to those of you who are WWE fans, that's the woman who has been helping Dolph Ziggler with his stand-up act, and I believe also his girlfriend. I'm not positive of that, but uh, they're, they've been touring the country together. So if Dolph Ziggler one day were to appear in AEW, don't be that shocked. I wouldn't be. So, my one major complaint about Raw and SmackDown wasn't the wrestling, it was the way they've decided to build the next feuds for extreme rules i think i think it's a bit of a mistake what they're doing because if you've noticed a lot of champions lost and i just i don't find that to be healthy i know it's it establishes i think i think it's been was a twofold strategy number 1 it establishes establishes the possibility that A contender can then beat the champion. I understand that logic and that mentality. I think it should be used sporadically in professional wrestling. I am more of the fan of the you build two people up strong and then you have them fight. But I also think because Kofi won, I think they are having their champions lose in an effort to make Kofi look like a stronger champion. And I'm not sure that mindset is a good way to go. I think Kofi's doing well as champion. I think he's starting to come into his own. I still have my basic general concerns that he's using too much New Day gimmickry, but, you know, that's what they're going to do. It's what they're going to do, so I can't complain every week about that. I can't complain that he's throwing pancakes every week. It's just it's not conducive to breaking down how he's doing as a title holder. Now, there are glimpses of him having really strong emotion in his promos, I think. it's. I think the Joe feud is going to be the one where we really see if Kofi is... More than just eleven years in waiting, you know, uh, just a feel-good champ versus a champ champ, cause Joe will be a menace. And yeah, Joe lost the title to Ricochet and got a promotion out of it. I think that's a little concerning. I think a guy with Joe's aura, it doesn't really matter, but it is concerning a bit. You now the AJ Styles Ricochet match was great. I don't know if you want to beat Ricochet that quickly after winning the U.S. title. I just... It it seems to me for a guy who you've already had in a 50-50 feud with Cesaro, that if he's special, and I don't know if he's special or not to Vince, that you wouldn't want to beat him that quickly out of the gate. Just me. Seems like we got someone knocking on Aleister Black's door, thank goodness. Maybe maybe it's driven him crazy sitting in there. One thing I did particularly like on uh Raw, especially, if if you noticed during the Miz segment and during the Kofi segment, and I think there was a third one, I can't remember it, the puppets from the uh Firefly Funhouse made little appearances. I think that's clever. I that's the kind of thing I like. I like when attention is paid and when attention is then rewarded. I, I didn't need it beaten into my head, I just needed, you know, something in the background to say braze around and he's coming because it's about time he's coming. I'm glad we didn't have a fun house this week. Um He needs to be put on the main roster and he needs to uh we need to see how uh how all these vignettes have changed his style, so to speak, and to see what we have there. Oh, oh, who else? Oh, uh, Daniel Bryan and uh and Ro- Rowan lost as well, so that's another championship. Bailey lost. Uh, I don't think Seth fought. Maybe he did. I can't remember. But you know, most of the champions lost this week, which doesn't say much about your champions. Ones that didn't lose aren't exactly strong either. You yeah, had the Iconics. Billy Kay, happy birthday to her. Funniest member of the roster, in my opinion. We'll see how that goes with the uh, Sky Pirates as this Tokyo House show comes. But, uh, yeah, Nikki Cross beat Bailey, so Alexa Bliss gets another title shot. I wouldn't be surprised if they turn that into a three-way. That'd make things interesting. I think that'd be the most interesting choice. Then Nikki has to choose. And, you know, the story is going through Nikki and Alexa. I'd prefer... You break those two off into a feud, and then you have Bailey get a wrestling feud with, uh, you know, Sonya Deville type, who's ready for it. I think Mandy's ready for it. You know, Mandy may not be the most polished person on earth, but both of them are pretty good workers. Not the best. You're not going to get a horsewoman type style match. But you know, may give Charlotte something to do as well. You know, put Bailey and Charlotte together in a feud. I'd like to see them tear the house down for Summer Slam. That'd be awesome. I just don't like—I don't like champions losing this much. I, I especially ones that haven't been built up after they got the title. That seems a little ridiculous to me. But this is a short, uh, short period between pay-per-views. We only got two weeks until Extreme Rules. That's amazing to me. That's that's way too many pay per views, but that's another complaint I have. So well, let's take uh, let's take the victories where we got them this week, kids. Pretty good wrestling on all three shows. I'm looking forward this week in my spare time, hopefully, to watching this Crockett Cup because I watched uh, I watched Stopping Rounds instead, admittedly. But uh, we also have a long holiday weekend coming up next week, so I'll be able to catch up on that. I did. Uh, I did watch Fantastics and Sheep Herders, and it is everything I wanted it to be. It, it's a great match. Um, Before it was clipped. Now it's not clipped. It's in its full form. And it's everything, you know, if you've only seen the Bushwhackers, go watch this match. Because they are absolutely awesome here. They're everything I'd love Heavy Machinery to be if they're not the Bushwhackers in the WWE. I've rambled long enough. You can follow me at Crap Game Thirteen and follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. You can get our Patreon episodes for as little as a dollar a month at sh- Patreon.com/ShakeThemRopes. We had a really good episode. Twenty years after Beyond the Mat, one of the more important wrestling documentaries ever made, in my opinion. The Andy Kaufman Jerry Lawler episode is also just great audio, in my opinion. The others aren't slouches either. A couple of live watches with us riffing on uh, WCW ninety two. Also a look at the uh, careers of uh the great Muda and Hakushi and how they paralleled and all leading up to a match that they had together that turned into an absolute bloodbath. So again, that's patreon.com slash shake them ropes. Go to Voices of Wrestling, join the forums. Join the conversation. Not a lot of conversation about Shake Them Ropes up there any longer because I don't update the thread as I used to. And because people got disinterested in the WWE. I'd like to see a resurgence in that, perhaps. You can follow Chris at Chris Novemberino. You can follow the former host of this show, Rob McCarron, at RobCast. I still plug him, even though he, uh... I think he left me again. But, uh... Chris and I will be back Thursday for the NXT, NXT UK, and 205 Live Roundup. And enjoy your wrestling for the rest of the week, kids.